New York, you know you're number one. So this holiday season, give your loved ones the best. Verizon Unlimited with four lines for $40 per line per month. When you've got New York's number one network, there's nothing you can't do. Share unlimited photos and videos. Send unlimited texts. And make unlimited calls with mobile hotspot and 4G LTE data in all five boroughs. Enjoy the best unlimited for a great price. Because this first-class city doesn't do second-rate gifts. New York, give your friends and family the best. Verizon Unlimited. We've only just You are now in the realm of enlightenment and transformation, as brought to you by the Foundation on Friday. Our core aim is to present an experience, an opportunity for your soul to reascend to its place of origin by cultivating a healthier spiritual awareness and emotional maturity. This show serves as a free offering to the greater community and an addendum requirement for all a new spiritual training students. For all those listening, if you'd like to move closer to the calculations and fundamental understandings of the new order, be sure to pick up the book, Grasping the Root of Divine Power. If you desire a spiritual reading to help you map your current spiritual position in the face of your world and learn the greatest pathways for your fortune in this season, you can go to the sadulhouse.com. That is S-A-D-U-L-U-H-O-U-S-E dot com. You can also go to orishareligion.com to find out how you can become a student and member of the New Spiritual Order, that's O-R-I-S-H-A-R-E-L-I-G-I-O-N.com. Let us begin. Greetings, everybody. This is Yuya Asan Anu, Chief Jedna of the Anu Spiritual Order and Sadulu House Spiritual Center. We are all learning, evolving, and growing in this season I am here bringing you another foundational Friday experience through the Enlightenment and Transformation channel. Uh, as some have picked up, every Friday we do an Orisha series or an Orisha uh, focus. And this Friday we're going to be dealing with the energy of the Orisha Oba. That's Oba, sometimes spelled O-B-B-A, sometimes spelled O-B-A. I would advise you to spell it with the O-B-B-A. Okay, uh, not to be confused with Oba, which is a title. Oba, or O-B-B-A, is actually an Orisha, a warrior Orisha, and first wife to the Orisha Shango. All right, and we will get into what this energy actually represents and what this energy actually means. But I'd like to direct you all, too, to um, a show that I did uh, just last last night. With our Nikki Love, all right? it's Nikki Love Wunam, okay, uh, and she has a show that comes on Blog Talk Radio uh, by that name, uh, BlogTalkRadio.com forward slash Nikki Love. If you go to um, my Facebook, I'm sorry, my YouTube page, which is YouTube.com forward slash Sons of Sankofa, which is S U N Z. O-F-S-A-N-K-O-F-A You get to hear some snippets Of that particular interview As well as get a link to the full one uh, It was a very good show We dealt with the ideas of the Iyami And the IJ, And even we touched up upon What the Mensis is Of course what Arisha are uh, The roles and duties of a Babalao Or of a Ianifa Or of a spirit worker And how to avoid And identify those who are not bona fide, who are not authentic, and who are not looking to uphold the culture and further the culture, but just for, are in this for personal enrichment and for manipulation. So I would suggest you all check that out. I think it was a very good show, and uh, there was a lot of good information shared and some really good questions asked. Uh, before we get started, I want to also remind you all to make sure you tune in Sunday at 1 p.m. for the Anu Asafo. All right, and on this Sunday, we'll be having a panel with our, our new spiritual training students. So I urge all spiritual training students to register, sign up, 
and let everyone know um, that you want to be a part of that panel. You can always uh, email our dear sister Omilade, which is O-M-I-L-A-D-E at SaduluHouse.com. So that's O-M-I-L-A-D-E at S-A-D-U-L-U-H-O-U-S-E dot com. Reach out to her, even if you um, know someone who may be interested in being guests on the show or you want to be a guest on the show and you're dealing with uh, Pan-African spirituality and uh, global indigenous spirituality and, and deep thought, definitely reach out to her. But for all of my spiritual training students, definitely make sure that you're a part of that panel and let them know, you know, reserve your spot. It's very important. Uh, for me, as I teach, I always let people know the more you give, the more I give. Okay, um, so your humility and your willingness to contribute and be a part of this movement and contribute back to what it is that you're receiving so much from, uh, your willingness to do that sparks me and impels me to give more to you. Or the reverse can happen. Okay, um, this is not charity. And what we're doing here is we're building a greater spiritual community and we're building a community that supports and shelters those who are trying to get to the next place, trying to get to the next level. So I do examine and look at people who are actually helping to make that happen as opposed to those who are just taking. It means something. So with that said, I want to get into the energy. And we're going to be dealing with, again, like I said, uh, Oba. Oba, the sacred Orisha of Oba. Oba is very interesting in that, for one, we don't hear much about her. Uh, she's you'll, you'll hear about her in Cuba a bit. And, of course, in Nigeria, in the eastern part of Nigeria, she has her own river by the name of the Oba River, which is actually um, a section of the Oshun River. But Oba does have her own river in Nigeria. Okay? But before we get into the science and sharing information, let's uh, listen to a song on Oba as a tribute to her and to, of course, bring her energy down. Oh, 
All right, there we go. We uh, just gave our libation, a melodic sonic libation to the energy of Oba, Great Mother. All right, Oba is an entity that deals with the coming of age for women specifically. It's not that a man cannot receive Oba, uh, but uh, Oba is really for women. Now, of course, when we hear the name Oba, we think about the title Oba, which means king or ruler. Uh, in some translations, great king. When you have the two Bs, it's great king. Uh, similar to Obatala, Obatala, king of the white cloth, right? So the way the Pataki goes is this. Oba was a ruler over her own queendom. And that particular space that she served as ruler over was actually larger than that of her would would be or soon to be husband Shango's. And Shango, who was represented as a son of Obatala, was told by his father that it is time for you to marry. Yes, you have consorts, you have concubine, uh, but it is time for you to have an official uh, consort in your home to take care of the palace and to show the proper modeling of family for your kingdom. So with that, Shango met, and I'm making this long story short, Shango met Oba, married Oba. Uh, in due time, he also uh, consorted or married Oya as well as Oshun. Okay, Oya being the junior wife in this. But Oba was the senior wife. And being senior wife, there were certain privileges that she was entitled to. For instance, she was allowed to grind the pepper for the home and make the stews. Uh, she she got the firewood, things like that. She was the one who brought culture, art, and even to a great degree, uh, civilization to the kingdom of Oyo which was Shango's kingdom. Uh, by him joining with her, it was also a strategic move, very similar to the story of how we have with uh, the Prophet Muhammad joining with his wife Khadija, who was much older than him, but she was actually a merchant at the time. So when they joined, she actually had more than he did. You know, And it was very uncommon in that culture, in Islamic culture uh, at that time, whether the story be true or not, but even just in terms of culture, for a younger man to marry an older woman like that. Okay, so with Shango marrying Oba, this was almost kind of a similar situation where the marriage was not necessarily for lust, but it was for um, strategic purposes and for what we call nation building. Now, it wasn't that Oba was not attractive, that she was not beautiful. In fact, she was perfect. She was very voluptuous. And she had a quiet, demure demeanor about her. And Shango actually loved that about her. He loved her modesty and her reservation. Uh, but Oba was also an extremely fierce warrior. Extremely. Uh, no one could really beat Oba. No one. No one was able to best her. Okay, she was trained in warfare by Ogun as well as other entities, and she actually carried the weaponry of Ogun, similar to Oya. But Oba carried what we call uh, the sits. They were two short, curved knives. And I'm going to get into why you see her. Whenever you look up, you always see these little small knives that she has in both hands with her hair wrap. And what I really want to do as I'm breaking this, this information down to, to all the family is I want to give you... Um, the explanation of what you'll probably see a lot if you look her up online. It's not a lot of information about Oba, uh, but you'll see pretty much the redundant information. And because it's a little bit scattered, it may not make a whole lot of sense to the reader. So hopefully I can shed some light on the stories that you're reading, and then you can piece them together a little better. Okay, well... I'm sure if any of you have looked up Oba, you've probably heard of the story about when uh, Oba ran out of the kingdom of Oyo or was chased out of the kingdom of Oyo by Shango because she made him a stew and put her ear in it. Okay, now basically what happened was this, uh, according to the story. Uh, she wanted to win Shango's affections more so 
then uh, Oya and Oshun, she wanted to become his favorite again. Because remember, we're speaking about a polygynous relationship here. So this is important, too. Uh, I know some of you have um, checked out the series that I did with uh, Hondo Solomon, uh, where we were speaking about polygyny and the African family and traditional marriages. And I did get some some messages about that. And, you know, people um, had some curiosity about polygyny and this and that. And I'll just say that, you know, we're talking about Orisha lifestyle. We're talking about understanding Ifa, understanding Orisha and Yoruba culture. And like it or not, it is polygynous. Okay. Um, I don't really get into explanations or tier one polygyny explanations like um, some of the silly questions. Like, well, why can't a, a woman have more than one wife? You know, when you start talking about polyandry and polyamory. And there is a... There's a lot of information on things like that, but that's kind of like level one. Um, just like I'm not going to debate the nature of the Orisha with anyone. I'm not going to debate the nature of the culture that birthed the ideas of Orisha with anyone. Um, a lot of times, and you'll find this with most religious people, they want to pick and choose the aspects that they feel com- most comfortable with. But as soon as something is presented to them that uh, defies what they're currently learning in this social paradigm, they just pretend like they didn't see it. You know, you have a lot of religious people who fornicate left and right, but then they, when you start speaking to them about, you know, traditional uh, spiritual structures, they start getting real scared and telling you how religious they are. But meanwhile, they're committing adultery and fornicating. So, you know, it's very similar to this tradition. Uh, there are aspects of it that are traditional and that are about nation building and family building that some people are just not ready for because they have not released the grip and the stronghold of the caged in Western mindset that in reality doesn't work for anyone anyway. Okay, so yes, this story is dealing with polygyny and some of the mistakes that can happen um, in a polygynous union. But it's also dealing with the acceptance of growth and time and sisterhood. Okay, so back to our story. So this is what happens. Um, Oba has a desire to become greater in Chango's eyes. Now keep in mind, she already pretty much was greater because she was such an amazing warrior. She was an amazing homemaker. And she even came with a larger kingdom than Shango already had. But she was insecure. Okay? She was insecure within the triad of herself, Oya, and Oshun. And depending on which Omo, and when I say Omo, Omo means child. If you speak to an Omo Oshun, child of Oshun, or Omo Oya, child of Oya, the story changes. Uh, for Omo Oya, they tell you that Oya betrayed uh, Oba and told her to put her ear in Shango's stew. Alright, uh, some say it was okra stew, some say it was because it was amala or a biri So there's different kinds of stews. And others will tell you that Oshun told her to do it. Depending on which um, perspective or which, which lineage you're coming from, the story may change a little bit. But there's a reason why it changes to him and explain that as well. But long story short, so she puts her ear in Shango's stew because they told her that if you did that, he would fall in love with you. And that's the secret to his affections. She puts the Shango had guests over. He sat down to eat the stew with his guests, saw the ear in it. And of course, Shango in traditional fashion, he flipped out because, you know, he has that temper. And he said who would put something like who would do this in my stew he looks up at at, uh, Oba some stories say that uh, she had a head wrap on that was covering her ear and some stories say that uh, Oya removed the wrap some stories say that Oshun removed the wrap some stories say that the wrap wasn't removed but he saw that her ear was gone and he scolded her and in her embarrassment and hurt she runs out of the kingdom and her, she starts to cry uncontrollably, and her tears become the Oba River. Okay, um, different versions of the story. Some say that they never saw each other again after that. And speaking of Shango and Oba, uh, some say that they did. 
And uh, Oba Shango tried to comfort her, but she just was too embarrassed to come back to the kingdom. So Orumila married her and taught her secrets. Uh, so that actually is more in alignment with the Nigerian uh, version of the story. Uh, most diasporic versions of the story, it would just be Oba running out of the kingdom, crying. Some say she went to the cemetery and became basically a grave digger. She became the one that opened up the graves or the holes for the new um, bodies going into the grave. There is something to this, but that is not totally in alignment with um, the historical Pataki. But that does give us a little bit more information as to how the energy of Oba manifests itself. So basically what happened was this. Um, let's start dealing with who Oba is. We know that in our mythology and metaphysics, we have the science of the triple goddess, the triple goddess. It's a symbol a lot of times you see with three circles that are um, uh, interwoven within each other. It's a symbol that the Catholic Church uses, actually, the triple godless. Okay, they say it's a sign for the Trinity, but they actually know what it is. And within that triple goddess, you have the maiden, the mother and the crone. Okay, the maiden is, of course, the young virginal one. And keep in mind that when we say maiden or virginal, it doesn't mean that the person has never had sex. It just means that they're young. All right. So uh, for those who like to study the Bible and you like to read about the Virgin Mary, it doesn't mean that she never had sex with Joseph. It just means that she was young. Okay. Uh, but you have the maiden, the mother. Now we know the mother brings the energy of not just wisdom, but of production and of royalty is the mother. Okay. And then you have the crone. The crone is the old woman who represents wisdom. All right. Now, I want you to keep that mind, that in mind. Please, all students, take notes of that. Uh, the maiden, the mother, and crone, the triple goddess theory. In this scenario, Oba is the crone. Her being the senior wife, too. She is the old, wise woman. She's the crone. All right? Now, one of the things that some of you may notice, if you know anything about um, Oba already, you'll notice that people who receive Oba at initiation usually don't receive Oba at a young age. Oba is not usually given to anyone over 40, 50, or under, I'm sorry, 40 to 50 years old. Oba is typically given to older women, all right? Um, because it is said that Oba is so powerful, so fierce, and so serious, younger women can't take Oba. And there is some truth to that, okay? But Oba represents that coming of time, that passage of time. That is Oba. And this is one of the reasons why Oba or the crone in mythology is oftentimes despised because the crone represents time. The crone represents the aging woman or what we also call the hag or the wise one. But more importantly, the hag. So let's talk about the mistake that happened here with Oba. Oba went and instead of respecting her position, and her growing and changing position as a wise woman, she went to a woman who was junior to her and asked her for direction. Doesn't really make sense. The elder does not ask the child for advice. Okay? So, of course, the child who secretly despises the elder because the elder reflects and shows what that child will be one day. Because most people don't want to grow old, especially in Western society. They do many, many, many Things to try to preserve their youth. Uh, so the younger tricked the older and gave that older um, woman that lesson, which was important for her to understand that there is a position that you do serve as that older woman. Now, uh, in, in a little bit, I'm going to get into how, you know, different ways you can invoke Oba and why you would invoke Oba. Of course, Oba was an extremely loyal wife. You know, there's no doubt about that. Um, her desire, her, even going as far as cutting off her ear and her desire to um, uh, really please Shango and be a better wife for Shango uh, was, was clearly evident. But Oba, when she left or when she, she cried and she went out and she formed that river that does coincide with the Oshun River. Now, 
Interesting enough, in Nigeria, at that point that the Oshun River and the Oba River meet, there's these extremely fierce rapids. Okay, so this is a very violent and um, turbulent section of river. Now, interesting enough, it is often said that, um, especially by children of, of Oshun, that Oba and Oshun do not get along. But it's not necessarily, it's not that they do not get along, it's just that when they come together in this particular river, it's a very violent reaction, okay? So, a lot of times the Patakis are changed or are interpreted by earthly events. And these earthly or natural events now become mythology, very similar to um, Greek mythology where we have Persephone and how Persephone was kidnapped by Hades and taken into the underworld and in that and after a while they made a deal where she would be allowed in Persephone at the time um she her she was over she was a child of Demeter and she was over um agriculture in the blooming and the changing of seasons and the time she made a deal eventually so that she could come up and she could see you know visit her mother and everything and during that time things would bloom and blossom because she would come from the underworld but when she went back down everything would die but this is how the greeks explained the winter season okay this is a time that persephone was back down with hades or agriculture growth went to sleep interesting enough now because i'm not off point See, he's talking about the greeks now <laughs> but i'm speaking to you how natural elements uh, affect or natural occurrences affect or sometimes even create the mythology but here's what's important when you're dealing with that old woman energy or that crone energy or what we call the hag coming from the comedic word heck heck yes just like heck it okay uh, one of the original words for that was h-e-l hell Okay, now we know in the Greek culture we have Loki's daughter, I'm sorry, Nordic, Nordic culture, we have Hela. And Hela is the deity or the archetype over the underworld. So there was a time where that crone energy or that underworld energy was not necessarily a bad thing. It didn't really become a bad thing until we um, were introduced to Christianity. And in the underworld or dying or going into the place of the Egun, the ancestors, was now, was now all of a sudden a bad thing. But this is Oba's realm. This is the realm of the crone. That's why when she left the kingdom of Oya, she cried and she spoke to Orumila. Some stories say Olofin. And, they, and he said, okay, you know what? I got a job for you. She's like, whatever it is, I'll take it. I just want to be away from people because I am now deformed. The young woman now looks different. Keep in mind, that is the, the aging of things. So when we talk about the cutting off the air with the knife, um, what this really was was her aging and transforming. Now, in the Nigeria Patakis, the ones that are not diasporic, it speaks about the diviners who cut off the air for her. They said, we will help you to cut your air off. Okay, so this is speaking about a divine occurrence where she changed over time. And she said, you know what? I don't want to be around humanity anymore. I don't like the way I look. I want to basically be in solitude. Okay, now... The key to this is this. As a woman ages, as a woman grows older, she goes she she comes closer to what we call that belly or that pot, represented by that iron pot, the cauldron, okay? And if you find in, in tradition wherever you have this wise woman, whether it be um Hecate, uh or whether it be Hela or whether it even be Oba, there's always an iron pot involved. Because that pot represents the dark, deep womb of endings. But when that pot is stirred up, even though that's where things end, when it's stirred up, things can come out of it as well. Things grow out of it. Uh, we have, uh, in Hindi culture, we have Kali Ma, which was an aspect of Kali. Okay, Kali we know to be Oya. But Kali Ma is the crone or the ancient or older aspect of Kali. And she stares up this cauldron, and by staring up this cauldron, she creates new life. Okay, also, many of you have probably seen some images of Kalima, and you'll notice that she keeps the, the skull. She has a necklace of skulls around her neck, okay, and some, or sometimes she has a necklace of skulls around her body. Interesting enough, now, when you read the, um, the Nigerian, or if you get to hear it, because you really 
can't read some of these because it's just not written down. But when you when you listen to the, the Nigerian versions of the Patakis, there wasn't a story about the air getting cut off and um, are crying and running. What actually happened was that Oya used to give shadow threats to o- to Oba all the time, and she kept saying, "You know, I'm gonna show you something one day. One day I'm gonna show you something." And Oba was frightened of this. And Oba and Oshun were like best friends. Okay, they were sister wives, but they loved each other daily as sister wives. They used to go to the river every day, and Oshun would teach Oba magic, and Oba would teach Oshun fighting techniques. Okay, and Oshun was like, "Why are you so afraid of Oya?" And Oba was like, "Cause she keeps telling me she's gonna show me something." So Oshun, you know, being the brazen one that she is, was like, "Whatever, let let's go check on this." So they go to Oya, and Oshun's like. And Oya's look, I told you I'm going to show you something. <laughs> and Oshun was like, well, go ahead and show it. So Oya lifts her skirt, right? And she has nine vaginas. No, I'm sorry. She has 16 vaginas. And each vagina had smoke coming out of it. It was like glowing red on fire. Okay, so that represents that ashe, that creative energy, that creative spirit, right? So... um. Oshun says, uh-huh, whatever. So she opens up her skirt, and she has 16 times 16 times 16, you do the math, vaginas. And her vaginas um, have, they, they're also flaming, and they're flowing with honey and water, and they have red parrot feathers as their pubic hair. Now, remember, the red parrot feathers represents initiation, it represents that royalty, that mother energy. The the red, fiery vaginas of Oya represented her youth, her being the maiden, her being activated Ashe, going into action. But Oya was like, I'm, I'm sorry, Oshun's vaginas represent, I've already been in the action and I've been ascended to the place of mother. Look at all of my children. Okay? So, um, you know, there are different forms of that, that Pataki, and I'm not disputing or taking or discrediting the um, diasporic ones because they're good to learn all of them. You should know all of them. There's nothing wrong with that. But, um, yeah, there's a little bit more to that. So let's get back to um, not only did Oba become the Oba River, which is a river in Nigeria. You can look it up. It's good to understand the uh, geography when we're, when we're learning these different Arisha and these different energies and the geography that affects their energies and, most importantly, affects how people perceive their energy. Okay, which is the, uh, of course, the uh, geography. But we're all talking about um, this things that were going on uh, within the the Oyo kingdom. Now, I want you to keep in mind, too, that when we're dealing with Shango, we're dealing with a man who kept a lot of or an energy who kept a lot of um, women around him. Even the way he acquired the, the kingdom, he acquired it by his older from his older sister, Dada Bayani. Okay, Dada. And Dada was an Orisha who uh, actually had the kingdom herself. But what happened was her advisors were saying, you know what, the kingdom is out of order and going, cra- going crazy because they have a fem- it has a female ruler. And this was her council of elders. Because remember, in ancient culture, it wasn't the king who necessarily con- who, who controlled everything. It wasn't a dictatorship. The council of elders actually had more pull than the king or the queen, but the king was more of a coordinator. So in order to fix this problem, Dada said, okay, you know what? I'm going to give the throne to my younger brother, Shango. Okay, so that was her her creative way of not allowing the elders to take, because what they were really trying to do was take over the kingdom. But she said, no, I got something. I'm going to put my my younger brother in and I'll serve as his advisor until he's old enough to stand on his own. Okay? Now, interesting about this is you know that uh, Shango receives a lot of advice. He was advised by Obatala to marry Oba. He was advised by uh, Oya in matters of warfare. And there's even stories which he was advised by Oshun, which tells you that the leader or the king or the ruler keeps himself surrounded by wise counsel, male or female. But he keeps himself surrounded by wise counsel of different dispositions and different postures. Okay, so um, going back to to Oba, and I'm just giving a little bit of the background information that led up to uh, who Oba is and what Oba became. 
So now after this, you know, her leaving the kingdom and her feeling embarrassed and shunned and ostracized, um, she goes on to be an, an ancestral energy, an energy over cemeteries, uh, over deep water, deep lakes, and she learned the secrets of the ancestors. She already had learned the secrets of magic from Oshun, especially water magic, okay? And using those secrets, she actually still protected her king Shango. But she protected him from the underworld. She protected Shango and the kingdom as well as her children from the underworld. And because she was close friends with Oshun, she said, you know what? You handle my business here on earth. Okay, so a lot of times when people receive Oshun, they also receive Oba. Or when it's time for them to receive Oba, they receive Oshun because those two energies work hand in hand because they are dealing with the passage of time. In reality, Oya, Oshun, and Oba are the same person but just at different stages of life. Okay? And neither one should be neglected. They all come with their own power. So even that woman who's going through menopause has her own level of wisdom, magic, and power that the maiden or the young woman, such as Oya, may not have. Okay? That senior wife should not be neglected for the new wife because the senior wife has the foundation, culture, art, and understanding of the kingdom. And the younger wife is not going to have that. The senior wife or the more solid wife is going to be able to be a more um, foundational balance for your empire or your nation, for those who are involved in the work of nation building and also involved in, in the, the sacred science of polygyny or what a better term is just family, African family. Okay. Um, so you would deal with with this energy of Oba, getting back to why we would go to Oba, when you're dealing with the ending of things, when it's time for things to come down to a close, when they have aged and ripened, and you want to receive the gifts and the fruits of the vine that come from an aged and ripened experience, this is when you would go to to the crone or you would go to Oba. Oba also deals with the signs of what we know as to be the Akashic records. The Akashic records are those ancestral records. In many traditions we go to what's called the Dark Mother. Now of course uh, in those traditions the Dark Mother is always his despised one. This is what again leads us back to this story of um, Obatala, I'm sorry, Shango and Oshun and Oya, where uh, Shango despised Oba for her foolishness and her hasty behavior. Because hasty behavior is owned by the maiden, is owned by Oya. The wise one, the senior wife, is not supposed to respond or move hastily. Okay, that is not her area. So, he, so the husband does not expect that from her. He does not desire from that. He likes her for this reason because, again, uh, we're dealing with the comedic word heck. Okay, now heck actually means a matriarchal ruler. Okay, that's what the term heck means. But more importantly, when you're dealing with the signs of the heck, or where we get, of course, again, the word hag, but the heck is the matriarchal ruler who has learned the words of power. Okay, this is what the heck is. She has learned the magical words of power. Uh, very interesting in our comedic systems as well. Uh, the heck was the one who stared up the lake of fire. Okay, now again, this takes us back to our understanding when I was speaking about the word hell or hella. And it is said in, in the Bible that, you know, which, which, hell is a, like a lake of fire and brimstone. Well, this goes back to our comedic studies. That's where they got that concept from. And what it really meant was regeneration. Okay? Oba was that woman, or the heck was that woman, or the dark mother, the one who lives on the left. When she cut off her left ear, okay? Left is Osi, just like Ochosi in our Yoruba. And left is the hidden aspects, the dark aspects. But it is there that she stared up her lake of fire. And that lake of fire represented regeneration, bringing things forward again. So the maiden has to become Oba. She has to become the old woman in order to regenerate again. It has to happen. This is why the Oshun River meets with the Oba, Oba River. They join together, and at that point, this violent rapids, they stir up again and create new life once again. So the old woman, or Kali Ma, or Gaya, or Hekate, 
or Hecate or uh, Oba or Mother Earth or the Dark Mother. I mean, I could go on and on because there's so many. Um, Hagmina is another one. Uh, that Hagmina comes from uh, the um, from from Scotland, the Haggish, um, or even the um, the Nordic system. They have Anguboda. And Anguboda is interesting because she deals with the science. Um, she's the she's the energy of iron wood, iron wood. Now remember, I told you that Oba learned the secrets of militaristic warfare from her brother-in-law Ogun. He gave well, he actually gave her the tool tools. He gave her a set of copper tools, and she learned warfare from him. She was a fierce warrior, and then she learned how to combine the magic of of it. Um, she she learned that from Oshun, but her daughter, you know, uh, Anguboda, her daughter was Hell. That's actually what her name was, Hell. Okay, so again, we're dealing with those underworld energies, or again, the heavenly energies, but it's the ancestral realm of the underworld that we're talking about. We're not talking about Odrun necessarily, which is heaven. We're talking about the ancestral's realm, the 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 Oba. The female Oba, the female ruler, deals with the underworld of the ancestral energy and pulling that back to us. Um, so that's where you would start to deal with Oba. When it's time for something to ripen the end and you want something new to come. You're ready for something to end and you're ready for something new to come of it. You're ready for that science of regeneration. Then you call upon Oba to stir up the cauldron or the lake of fire. You, you call on her to do that for you and to birth something new out of that dark womb that where something has once died. Okay, uh, very interesting that Oba's number is actually the number nine. And I told you she carries the small knives. I was explaining that to you. Uh, her knives are small sits. Okay, and if anyone has ever seen a sits, they're like knives that have like a, almost a slight C curve to it. You know, they're small knives like that. And what that represents is actually the lunar crescent. Okay, so those knives that act, they actually represent the lunar crescent, the moon. But more importantly, they represent the waning moon. The waning moon. The waning moon is sacred to Oba. So if anyone's ever curious, what could I do when the moon is waning? What kind of rituals can I do? That's when you start working with that energy of Oba. Uh, any dark colors, especially dark blue. Is the colors for Oba uh, Iron pots Anytime you're dealing with the pot Or you're dealing um, You know with that cauldron Okay You're dealing with that energy of, of Oba And you can give her Her our offerings that are, that are similar to offerings that you would give to Oya, because remember she's a, she's an ancestral or cemetery energy. But you can also feed her just like we feed the Inyami. You can feed her intestines of animals. So the next time you know you're, you're you're gutting a chicken or you're making some food for whatever, save the internal organs and give those to Oba on the waning moon. Okay, and when you're giving those those to Oba, you want to just speak to her about. The new things that you want to arise or arise, I'm sorry, um, out of things that are always going on. Situations that you're ready to have dissolve. And remember, energy cannot be created or destroyed, but it can be transformed and transmutated. So you're speaking about energy that may be present, that you're ready for it to dissolve, the matter to dissolve down, and the energy to be reproduced into something else. Because again, when we're dealing with women, we're always dealing with reproduction or the reproduction organs even. Okay, um, you can always use skulls to speak to Oba. She's symbolized, of course, by the skull. This goes back to our energy of Kalima that I was speaking about earlier, or even the Ankh, because Oba represents the keys of life. Part of the key of life is that regeneration. That is why she's attached to the energy of Shango, too. Shango has the Oshe, or the double-headed axe, which not only represents the male phallus, and not only represents lightning, the zigzag that lightning makes when it strikes, but it also represents a key. A key that regenerates, a key of life. A key that starts things back up again, in a sense, as we could call it by that. Um, Oba lives in the world of chaos. Okay? Because she lives in the dark abyss of the womb, or even what some will call um, in the comedic systems, the oceans of blood. Okay, So you would also call on Oba when you need to bring chaos to a situation, or you need to calm chaos. 
Okay, there's even an image that sometimes you'll see of Kali Ma uh, when she's she's one of the triple goddesses. And Kali is actually a triple goddess all by herself. But she's on top of the body of Shiva and she's basically digesting and devouring Shiva's penis with her vagina while at the same time she's eating his intestines. So this is, again, this is an energy. And she's called, interesting enough, the Black Goddess. One of her names, um, when you when they study her in Finland, her name is Kalma, and Kalma is the Black Goddess. Okay, and um, it deals with that vaginal energy. But think about the things that are being eaten. You know, the penis is being devoured, and the intestines are being eaten. Okay, things that are inside, uh, things that have been digested, things that have been eaten. Something new is coming of that. So these are symbols that you can use when you're working with Oba, whether it be a phallus symbol, or again, whether it be something that represents internals and digestion, internals. Okay, these are things that you would use to work with um, uh, uh, Oba on. Okay, and there's much more to this Obai energy, but I'm just giving you a little primer, all right, because uh, this is really phase three action for the Anu spiritual training, and, uh, and, well, I'm sorry, phase two action. Phase two is when we're dealing with the actual entities uh, more than we're dealing with our own Ori. Right now, as most of my students know, the concentration and focus is on development, healing, and cultivation of soul and internal energy, internal chi, internal power. And then after that, we move to now influencing uh, the external environment. Okay, so I just wanted to give a little bit of a sample and share this energy of Oba, which unfortunately is often neglected. You never hear anything about Oba, really, um, other than, you know, well, her colors are pink. And, you know, those things you can look up online. But I wanted to give you maybe a little bit of the deeper science and also explain to you again, remember, OC, or that left, that's that left side where she lives, that those dark waters of chaos, that deals with sorcery and witchcraft. Whenever you see that left side, okay, so obviously she has a close connection to the Iyami as well. And she also you call on her for situations where justice is not being meted out in a in a, a homestead, okay, where someone is being taken advantage of or your home needs to be stabilized. She's the stabilizing anchor of a home environment. Okay, so in order to stabilize your family, marriage, or home, you would work with Oba in that sense. And the best time to work with her is during the waning move. Moon, you can even get yourself a pair of Siths. You can get some small knives and um, set them out for her. And you can feed intestines. You can put intestines in, or guts, even like chicken gizzards. You can put them right on top of it. Okay, and feed her water and feed her milk. These are things that are dealing with reproduction, raspberry leaves. Okay, is very is very sacred as well. Anything that's dealing with pregnancy or things that are dealing with even herbs that women take when they're going through the change and when they're aging, these are things that you can give to um, Oba. It is also said, just so you know, that many times when she comes down and she mounts people and they become her horse, that they cover one ear. Okay, and they dance like warriors. Uh, so you know, if you see that, you know that Oba has come down. All right. So that has been our show. That has been our segment. It has been my honor and my pleasure to, to bring it to you. And I trust that some of you have learned something about the wise mother. And you have now formed a new appreciation for not only our elder women, but our women who are approaching their eldership. Uh, they still have great value and they have magical words that open up the keys of life and the powers of regeneration. So... Uh, that also goes out to you, elder women. Do not discount yourself. Do not try to go to the young women uh, to be like them and for counsel for them because you would do nothing but embarrass yourself, as Oba has done. There is beauty, uh, dignity, and a wonderful reservation, and believe it or not, an incredible sexiness in an older woman who is strong on her convictions, purpose, and the foundations of what her age has brought her. So until next time, I'm Yuya Asan Anu, Chief Jagna of the Sadulu's House and the Anu Spiritual Center. And uh, I will hopefully speak to and hear from some of you this Sunday at 1 p.m. Uh, during our Anu Asafo segment. Until such time, hotel. We thank you for your listening support and urge you to become an active participating member of the Anu Order. Please be sure to follow our Ustream broadcast, which can be found at ustream.com.
twitch.tv forward slash channel forward slash enlightenment hyphen and hyphen transformation. That is U-S-T-R-E-A-M dot TV forward slash channel forward slash E-N-L-I-G-H-T-E-N-M-E-N-T hyphen A-N-D hyphen T-R-A-N-S-F-O-R-M-A-T-I-O-N. Also, please be sure to sign up for the A New Newsletter, which can be found by going to anewnation.org. That is A-N-U-N-A-T-I-O-N dot org. If you'd like to become a sponsor or an on-air guest, on this or any of our other broadcasts, please be sure to contact us at questions at anewnation.org. That is the word questions at anewnation.org. Thank you for your continued support and be well.
So this holiday season, give your loved ones the best. Verizon Unlimited with four lines for $40 per line per month. When you've got New York's number one network, there's nothing you can't do. Share unlimited photos and videos, send unlimited texts, and make unlimited calls with mobile hotspot and 4G LTE data in all five boroughs. Enjoy the best unlimited for a great price, because this first-class city doesn't do second-rate gifts. New York, give your friends and family the best. Verizon Unlimited. New York, you know you're number one. So this holiday season, give your loved ones the best. Verizon Unlimited with four lines for $40 per line per month. When you've got New York's number one network, there's nothing you can't do. Share unlimited photos and videos, send unlimited texts, and make unlimited calls with mobile hotspot and 4G LTE data in all five boroughs. Enjoy the best unlimited for a great price, because this first-class city doesn't do second-rate gifts. New York, give your friends and family the best. Verizon Unlimited. <laughs> 